This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 6th, episode 2947, brought to you by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horse people. Well, good morning, everybody. We're here. I'm here. Jamie's here. We're both alive, and uh, I'm feeling much better today. How are you doing with your back and everything? I'm I'm a little sore still. So Glenn had COVID. I got bucked off. So you know, <laughs> seems about right. <laughs> we're it's about the same, you know, yeah, normal, exactly everyday stuff. <laughs> but I'm I'm up and walking around and uh, got back to work. And uh, it sounds like you're doing a lot better. You're not coughing in my ear, which is nice. Yeah, Friday was a little tough, but yeah, no, I'm definitely better than what this drug they gave me. The antiviral seemed to kick its butt. So today's the last day of that, thank God, because the side effects aren't fun, but we're uh, we're getting back at it. You know, this morning I woke up to some, we're going to start the show off as, uh, with something a little more serious today. I woke up uh, to two posts. One was from a guest that we've had on the driving show over the years, and he posted that this was going to be his last post because he has cancer and he was going into hospice. Uh, which was very sad to read, and then I wo- and then another post right after that from some from the daughter of somebody we've had in this show. I don't know, Jamie, since we started, it was we've had yeah. her like twenty five, thirty times on this show. Uh, as you know, we're big supporters of the para riders, and Charlotte's one of our uh, para equestrians. She's been on the show many times. We're following her this year and her journeys. Well, Hope Hand is the person who really kind of started the para movement here in the United States and the association and has been doing this forever since I can remember. And we've become good friends with her. And anytime, you know, anytime I asked, she'd come on the show and talk to us about para and she, you know, she's done so much good. Well, this, I knew she had cancer, but I knew she was getting pancreatic cancer and she was getting treatments. Her daughter posted on her, on Hope Hand's Facebook page this morning that uh, she did not qualify for surgery for multiple reasons. Um, she was in a wheelchair to begin with, and she went underwent multiple rounds of chemotherapy and that her tumors have now spread to her liver. So she has also gone into hospice. So apparently she can't uh, she can't read and can't reply to the comments. So her daughter's reading them all. And uh, Amy, I'm hoping that uh, you can play the following for your mom. Uh, she, I got together with Charlotte this morning, and we 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 reminisced a little bit about Hope and everything that she's done. And I want to play that for you right now. Well, I have Charlotte here with us, and of course, she is our Beyond the Ribbons rider in the para world, and she was just on here recently, and this morning, we're not here to talk about her horse today, we're not here to talk about her showing, we're here to talk about somebody that's very special to both of us, and that's the president of the United States Para Para Association, and Hope Hand, who's been coming on our shows since, since this show started, I mean... It's 12, 14 years we've been talking to Hope. And Charlotte, that's about the same time you got hurt, right? 2008, somewhere in there? Yeah. Yeah, I got hurt at the end of 07. 
Um, and so I was trying to get back in the saddle by after the Vermont winter, um, you know, in the summer of 08, and we were trying to figure out paraequestrian, not just therapeutic riding, but the paraequestrian competition. And is Hope one of the first people you bumped into? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She, and maybe, maybe even before I met her, we were emailing, phone calls, all of it. She was just always so available and so enthusiastic about bringing people into the paraquestrian world. She is the reason, there's no question about it, that uh, the United States is ranking up there as one of the leaders in paraquestrian today. I don't know if that would have happened without her. I don't, it definitely would not have been without her. How important has she and the organization been to you? Paraquestrian world is so different from regular competition. You know, I was a, had international eventing experience, but being a paraquestrian rider is just so different. And being able to find somebody that um, can explain it, you know, and is so optimistic and so just like, you know what, if you want to do it, you can do it. No problem. Here you go. Let's just do it. And it's so great coming out of rehab and where you feel so shut down. And so like, oh my gosh, my life thinks to hope being, yeah, we can do it. Why not? Sure. It was amazing. She is she is the most positive person. <laughs> that's the thing. That's that's why I always liked talking to her because every time you talk to her, she was always so positive. And I mean, pe- many people don't might not know that her career wasn't as an IRS agent, so maybe it wasn't all positive. <laughs> with, with, <laughs> maybe that's why she chose this route after. <laughs> I think that's why I got along with her so well because I have used humor to get myself through everything, and. And then I met Hope, and she's like laughing, and I'm like, "Wow, you can!" She went because she went to the Paralympics, and so I'm like, "Wow, you can be a top competitor and do all this stuff and still be so jovial about life." It was awesome. See, that's something because I came, I came to know her after we started Horse Radio Network, which was when she was pretty much running the association and building it. I didn't think about her as a rider, but apparently, she was a good rider. She was on the U.S. team. And see, I don't think about that because I was that was before my years with her. Yeah. Yeah. It was before that I knew her too, but it just um you know, so she's been there, done that. She totally leads by example. It was fun. Just, it's cool. One of the comments that uh was on her page today was McLean Ward, who all who we uh-huh. all know, right? <laughs> the best of the best. He said, I did not know your mom well. He's talking to Amy, uh Hope's daughter. I did not know your mom well. Uh, uh, only through mild USET connections, but I always admired her work and character. From what I witnessed, she changed a sport, and doing so changed the lives of many. Not just those directly involved, but many might like myself watching and being inspired to do better myself. So I think that's interesting, too. That was an interesting point. It's an, She didn't just affect all of you in the para world. She affected all of us by bringing you guys to the forefront to set an example for us all. Yes. yes. I, so I think McLean said that very well. You know, it's 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 what she did beyond the para world uh, by by setting an example. Yes, she's just a cool person, and because she was so out in the forefront of everything, showing that people that are differently able can do anything. You know, and they, yeah. And she believed in you guys, or still believe. You know, she believes in you guys so much. Um, you know, and and you know, every interview we've done with her, probably 
There has to probably be, I don't know, dozens. Every interview we did with her, it wasn't about her. It was about you guys. It was about mm-hmm. the writers, you know? Uh, I, you know, I can't say enough of good things about Hope. Hope we love you. And uh, we're going to keep you in our prayers. And we hope that your uh, your final days here are happy. I know that Amy is there with you and your family's there. So uh, we're going to be thinking about you a whole lot in the next couple of days. And before I lose it here... I'm going to play a song that I thought was appropriate, and that's Girls and Horses from Templeton Thompson. Love you, Hope. Well, she talks about them, dreams about them, thinks about them all the time. She's got to have them Be lost without them You can see it in her eyes What is it? What is it with girls and horses? She says Now when I was a young girl They were my whole world They were Now that I'm older, still lean on their shoulders. I still feel like that girl someday. What is it? What is it with girls and horses? Sometimes I want to give up. And I dream about them I live to love them And I love to ride I always have them Be lost without them There's magic in those gentle eyes What is it? What is it with girls and horses? Thank you for for allowing Mm -hmm. Charlotte and I the chance to do that. And thanks to Templeton Thompson for singing Girls and Horses, because I couldn't think of a song more fitting for that. Uh, And, you know, I think, Jamie, this kind of hit home for me because I get the results of all of my cancer tests tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was just kind of, you know, it made it a lot 
very emotional for me. You know, not that hope wouldn't have been anyway, but uh, it just was one of those added punches today. Yeah. But we're going to move on. We have a show to do. So uh, for the rest of today, we have Cindy from Life with Odin joining us today. It's a Facebook page. It's pretty popular. She also has a donkey called Eeyore. And she's going to talk to us about the enrichment things that she's been doing around the farm that kind of what the things that we have talked about over the years here, but we finally meet somebody that's actually doing them, and we're going to see how that's working out. Plus, we have an auditor with us today. We got an email, didn't we? Yes, we did. We got an email from Sarah Welk-Bainham, and she wrote a book. And I mean, I mean, you can go, go in a little more to her email. All I know is that she put us in her book, as any good auditor would, who's writing a book. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and said that uh, she'd like to come on and talk about it. So I'm pretty excited. She she feels like we had some hand in her writing this book, being uh, that we inspired her to write it. So I'm really pleased to have her on to talk about it. Very good. Uh, let's do some Daily Winnies and get this thing going. Well, I don't have any birthdays today, no auditor birthdays, but I'm very happy to announce that we have two new auditors, Herbert Griffith and Tice Supley. So uh, thank you so much to both of you for becoming brand new auditors. I know money's tight right now, and when people join up, we really appreciate it. Also, we had two auditors increase their pledges, Katie Kelly and Megan Mitchell. Thank you to both of you. We really do appreciate any anything you guys do at, at this time is very much appreciated by all of us. Okay, so this morning, Glenn, I had to take Lucas to baseball camp, okay? So he goes to baseball camp all week long from 9 a.m. until noon. And it was day one, and we go to the desk and sign up, and they're like, you're in group six, you're over there. So I walk over there to group six, and dude, these are all like huge kids. I'm like, my my kid could not be in this group because he's little. And these are like legit. These kids have like their ball bags on rollers and the shades, then the hats, and the, the uniforms. I mean, it's insane. And, you know, he dressed up. He like made the all-stars last year. So he's got his all-star shirt on and he's got his little, but like, he's still like a little kid. And so then they're all like, all right, everybody, let him get up here. We're going to check in and do all the things. Cause they're all just thrown back and forth. And he runs up to this group of like giant children. And he's the tallest one in the whole freaking group. I was like, <laughs> what is happening? When did my baby, my little baby boy become like a freaking kid? Like, I mean, I, I was like, these are these are monsters. The children, are, they must be two grades ahead of him. Oh, my God. No. He was the <laughs> tallest one in the group. What just happened? When did that happen? He just had his ninth birthday. I swear to God. I can't even. I can't. But I just can't believe it. So anyway, Daily Benito, my ginormous child was <laughs> like. At camp today is his first camp. You know, there's a lot of <sighs> okay. listeners listening right now that have have lived every year with with Lucas. Yes, up. well, <laughs> well, just know that his mom took a big old stab to the gut this morning when she realized her child is like you know, oh, like a kid. He's like not four anymore. I mean, I walked up. I was like. 
Lucas, I think these are like fifth or sixth graders. I don't know what's going on. These kids look huge. And then he gets out there like, level up, go ahead and bring it in. And they're all, I'm like, what? Why is he so big? How did it happen? Oh. Anyway. Great. That's good though. Frustrating. Well, he'll have Amazing. fun at camp. He loves baseball. He'll have fun at camp. Just like his mommy. Hey, uh, we're doing some trailer shopping. So Yes, I saw you post something about a trailer. You First you had a horse trailer. Then you went and got a camping trailer. So now are you combining the yes, two? Yes, that's right. We're going to sell both. Because right now is a good time to get rid of them. We actually will make more on both than we paid for them. For oh, the God. for the camp, that's how it is right but then now. Then you're going to spend more. Well, yeah, but it's going to be actually in in the end, it's actually going to be a little bit less uh, because we won't. I, we have to pay to store the camper now, and there's you know insurance and all that stuff. So we're trading the camper in and the the tag along horse trailer in on a living quarters uh, horse trailer, a, a smaller one. It's not a huge one, and we're going to go look at the one we have that we sort of committed to, we're going to do the final inspection today. So what's really cool is I put a post out on the auditor room and our listeners are amazing. Um, So I get one of them that says, Hey, look, I know we're looking at a Murhow, which is kind of a middle grade camper. You know, you have your, your cheap, cheap ones, and then you have your your middle grade, and then you have your $150,000 ones. You're not getting that one? No, no, we're not getting that one. So this listener reached out and said, hey, look, I have a friend that has a Murhow, almost just like yours. Uh, so I'll, I'll put you in touch. And I said, well, I'd have to talk to her this morning. And sure enough, this woman calls me within a half an hour. Wow. And she went all through it. She loves hers, by the way. It's, she, she absolutely loves the thing. And she did a ton of research, more than we did. <laughs> and she bought it from the same place. That we're actually looking at. So that was helpful, too. So it, it was uh, – isn't that cool, though, that we have listeners? I ended up talking to somebody who had just gotten one like two years ago. She was talking about the customer service and their, how they're built, and she spent half an hour on the phone. I don't know her from Adam. That's nice. So isn't that cool? There's good people out there. There's still love good people in the world. And, and you know, it's just – it's just the way the horse world is, but I think more importantly, it's the way our listeners are. Yes, um, and I think that that uh, that just that just sh- it shined this morning that way. So this is a three horse, uh, smaller living quarters. <gasps> Wait, did you say three horse? That's only because we have to take a partition out, so Nigel actually fits in the two of no, the no, horse no, stalls. No, 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 he can fit. No, he does. No, he doesn't. That we tried that before. It's a, it's a slant are... load, and he doesn't getting... fit in a one stall slant load. Yeah, you know what? I've got like. Two horses at my house right now that are up for adoption and two horses that are for sale. So tell Jen to call me and I'll go over all the things with her. <laughs> and the other thing is, well, like when we come out to your house later this year, when we're using it as a camper, it gives us the whole back is really nicely done. It's all finished and insulated and everything. So we'll use the back as a studio and also as a to- toy hauler for the bikes and all that stuff. So we're using it as a camper. We'll have studio mm-hmm. space. Mm, all I hear is you're getting another horse. <laughs> no, not, we're not getting another horse. No, because with another horse, we'd have to pay board on another horse. And two uh, is yeah. plenty here in Florida. <laughs> so uh, the boarding stable is working out great, but, it, you know, they're not cheap. No. So that's uh, that's the scoop. We're going to go from eight wheels, to eight brakes to four. So less maintenance. And, and it is a uh, gooseneck, so th- they haul better anyway. Yeah. So that's that. We might be bringing that out to uh, to see you. 
Well, congrats. That'll be exciting. Although we can do the studio part, like in air conditioning. Yeah, we'll do that. My house. Yeah, yeah, that'd be, yeah. That'd be I fun. mean, it's air conditioned, <laughs> but yeah, it'd be more comfortable. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, congrats. Hopefully, I hope it works out for you. Um, like I said, we've got a couple horses here for sale and for adoption and all sorts of things. So we can fill that trailer for you when you're heading back to the other side. Actually, um, I just got a horse in training yesterday and it is a four-year-old chestnut thoroughbred mare that was bought for a kid who's been riding for two years. So it hasn't really been working out at home. So they've sent this mare to me to see what I think of. And I've never seen this before, Glenn. And maybe it's just because I don't have a lot of mares. Um, And maybe listeners can explain this to me. She was standing in the stall yesterday Bag is open so she can go out, but she's in the stall and she would, and she's in the barn by herself. She doesn't care that she's alone. She's very independent minded, but she kept putting her butt up against the wall, like slamming her hips up against the wall and going like, I I don't know. It's like a heat thing. Like I couldn't figure out why she would be slamming her butt up against me. How old is she? She's four and a half. Is that uh-huh. a heat thing? I don't know. I've never I've seen that before. Either. And then, That's of course, I question. tried to get on video, and she's like, "No, I don't. I don't do video." So then she quit. <laughs> <laughs> Walked right outside. She's shy. <laughs> yeah, she's a little camera shy. She'll get over it. Um, and then I've got. Let's see. I've got a horse named Honorable Man, and Honorable Man Manny is a horse that was owned by these people up. Oh gosh, St. Louis area, Missouri. And they brought him down for training. And this is the horse. The husband was like, just so you know, we don't want him back. We don't want to come back here. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) okay. Oh, crap. Somebody's going to abandon there. But they were good people. They just, they were hoping that he would be sold and ended up, he's going to go to Horse and Hound and be an adoptable horse. So pretty excited for him. He's had a lot of training in the past. Unfortunately, most of the training he had were was people, um, you know, here's the problem is horses come off the racetrack and people are like, oh, cool. They're broke. I can just get on them and ride them. Biggest mistake but, a naive person makes. Yeah. And so what happens is, you know, you know, maybe you can ride them big fancy person who does this for a living and you can make this horse look like it's going great and cross country school and put up these sale videos when it's been a week off the track. But the problem is the next person is not going to be able to do that. What you did. And so you've sold a horse that looks like it's doing certain things that it actually shouldn't be doing. So these horses that come and they go to these horse, you know, off the track thoroughbred flippers, please be careful because You have to teach the horse how to go, stop, and turn, and back up. These horses don't know any of that. All they know is go forward. And so this horse, Manny, had been ridden. Basically, the videos I saw were his nose tucked between his knees, you know, like just really heavy-handed riding. And then I go to get on him uh, for the first time, and I have a loose rein. I ask him to trot, and he's like, oh, my God, bolt. Like he runs and then he slows down, and then he runs and he slows down. Cause I'm like, I'm going to ramp and I'm not going to pull your face off. You're going to have to figure this out. You're going to have to like hold your own hand. And so I've been working a lot on getting him to just go 
without anybody holding your face. You can just peacefully move forward. And so far, he's been doing awesome. But as far as being adoptable, he'll need somebody who understands he's a sensitive horse that was kind of rushed through training. So I've had to really come back a step, which I think is what has happened with this mare that came in that's squealing by herself in the stall. Um, and uh, then I've got this spectacular off the track thoroughbred. He's got to be, uh, if he's not 17 hands, he's pretty darn close. And he is the coolest name. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm ready. His name is True Grit. <laughs> I'm like, that is so cool. So his name is True Grit, and he is this, this stunning bay thoroughbred. And so I'm going to do my first ride on him today. And uh, that that is the, that's the ones that I have in training. And then this coming weekend, are you ready? It's another gypsy. I'm getting another gypsy coming in for training uh, this weekend. So I'm pretty excited. Now, the most exciting thing, for those who know, Farm Boy left me. He just up and left me. It wasn't like, a divorce, so it's more of a separation. Preparing for life. College <laughs> is over. He goes oh, and college does is over? the summer. Well, no. I mean, he'll oh. start back in the fall. <laughs> so he'll come back, okay. hopefully. But he has a couple days before he heads up to Montana or Wyoming. Um, and he's coming today and tomorrow to work with me. And I'm so excited. I'm like a little kid. I'm like, oh, farm boy's coming today. I'm like, oh, first we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. And Poor guy. Why did he this. stop by? He's, he's such an idiot. He should have just kept you know going. He, drive you know through. <laughs> I made sure that wasn't going to happen because he was going to go rent a storage locker for his furniture. And I'm like, you could just keep it here. We have room. <laughs> You're so manipulative. <laughs> I know, right? And so Farm Boy is coming. He has to pick up his furniture, but he's going to be here for a couple of days. So I'm really excited to get to work with him. Like I said, first thing we're going to do is we're going to get on Trigger It. And then after that, he's going to ride Zeus. And I'm going to ride. So it's like, I'm like really, I'm like a little kid on Christmas. <laughs> hey, back to Trigger for a minute. Um, does it look anything like John Wayne? Oh my God. No, he's so pretty. <laughs> oh, he's so pretty. No eye patch, no nothing. Nothing? Just, <laughs> Just straight dirty. up, super sexy thoroughbred. And, and he's really quiet and he loaded perfectly on the way here and traveled calmly. I, he's one of the ones that I'm like, oh, this is a good one. I'm pretty excited about this one. So uh, he's going to have his first ride today. And for all of you under 60, uh, true, the original True Grit movie had John Wade in it in, in about the 1960s, I believe. So Yes, and it's a phenomenal movie. And they did a remake with Jeff Bridges that, and always, Matt Damon. I always think the first one was better. Yeah, know. it was. To be fair, it was the John Wayne one is way is better. Yeah. But because you watch the girl and I'm drawing a blank on her name, yeah, the one who was in too. True Grit and the second one. Yeah. And she literally just did it everything the first girl did. Yes. In the first movie. And I was like, because when I saw the, the new True Grit first, and I was like, dang, she's awesome. And then I watched the old one, and I'm like, dang, she copied her. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought, too. That's what I thought, too. She just watched the movie and did everything the same. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, the World Equestrian Center, they have many non-horse events, but also have tons of horse stuff. When you have dozens of rings, many large indoors, multiple conference centers, and over 10 restaurants, you can have a variety of shows. And the big one is starting up here next week on June the 15th. By the way, we're going to be getting out of next week. We need to talk about that. Um, on uh, June 15th, they're starting the Ocala Summer Series. It's a USEF uh, premier hunter jumper show, and it's going to run for 10 weeks over the summer. And it's kind 
how, you're saying, why are they doing a hunter-jumper show in Florida in the summer? Well, the outdoor events, they'll do at night. Uh, but in the meantime, they have four heated, air-conditioned, huge indoor arenas. So they'll be able to, to do some jumping in there as well. And they have $3.5 million in total money and prizes for the 10 weeks. So I imagine some people are going to head from the north to the south to do that. So I think that uh, it's going to be interesting. It's the first year they're doing that. And I think it might be the first USEF sanctioned show here because they were having that big battle that we talked about here on this show. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the battle took place on the Horse Radio Network and uh, they got approval to do this. So I think Yay. it's kind of cool. So if you're in the area, oh, I have another story. So I was at PodFest, and the guy who runs it, Chris, who we've had on this show several times, and Chris runs PodFest, and I met his his sister-in-law or brother-in-law were there taking care of kids and just hanging out. And I met them and he's a real cowboy. This guy is a real cowboy. And I said, you got to see the World Equestrian Center. So they did. They left at five o'clock one morning, uh, left Chris's house from Tampa and drove two hours to see it, came home and Chris said they would not stop talking about it. They Aww. just wouldn't shut up. They want to move to Ocala now. As him and everybody else. Uh, they want to move to Ocala <laughs> now. They want to live at the World Equestrian Center. He just could not. Chris is like, he wouldn't stop talking about it. So, wow, that's so, so cool. Yeah, so you got to see it. It's a must-see. We're going to get you here some of these days, take you over there. I know, but in the meantime, go visit WEC.com, W-E-C, WorldEquestrianCenter.com. And uh, yeah, it's definitely on my list. And by the way, Haley Steinfeld is her name, who played the Maddie Ross. The new one? And the new one. Yeah, yeah. okay. I wonder what ever happened to the girl who played in the first one. That's a great – now, see, now i got to do a deep dive for that. <laughs> All right. While you're doing that, we're going to get our, our uh, first guest on the phone today. We have Cindy coming up, who has a Facebook page called Life with Odin. And now uh, she's going to tell you a little bit about who Odin and Eeyore are. Now, you can kind of guess what Eeyore is. Uh, but And she's been testing out some automatic feeders and some environmental enrichment there at the farm. Enrichment there at the farm. And we're going to – Ask her about how all that's going, because I know some of you have been wanting to try some of these things. So let's find out. And I know Jennifer just bought an automatic feeder for Nigel, because he apparently doesn't eat enough. Now it's going to cost me more. Well, hi, Cindy. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. First of all, where are you at in the country? I am in Texas, just outside of Dallas. Oh, cool. Very cool. So we have you on because my wife found cool. you when she was... It's not cool. No. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, very it's... hot here. <laughs> <laughs> my wife found you on Facebook because she was looking at getting an automatic feeder for her horse. And in a roundabout oh. way, she ended up finding you. Uh, but first, yeah, we have Yeah, to... I have a great feeder set up. Well, we're going to talk about that because I don't know that we've ever talked about this topic. So tell us first about Odin and Eeyore. Who are Odin and Eeyore? Oh, so they're my pets. So Odin is a Norwegian fjord, and he's about 14 years old. I've had him since he was four, so I've had him maybe 10 years. And then Eeyore is a miniature Sicilian donkey. I've had him more than 20 years. I had him with my previous horse. He was, you know, the pasture companion for my previous horse. And he is just a deer. They are both deer. But Eeyore is a very special animal. He's just deer. He's very fancy. His registered name is Billy Ray Cyrus. But when I got him, I know, isn't that funny? When I got him, my son was four years old, and he's now 24. But my son took one look at him and said, Eeyore, and that was his name. That was before Shrek came out. 
Back oh, wow. then, little boys called donkeys Eeyore. So that was his name from, you know, minute one. And he is an Eeyore. He's an Eeyore. He's always, no one loves me. <laughs> no one feeds me. I don't get enough attention. He is cute. I was looking at his pictures. We'll post one of his pictures in our show notes today. He is very cute. And so is Odin. I don't want He's Odin to feel left dear. out. Odin's adorable. Odin is Odin is a stunning horse. He's just, he's so handsome. I'm very privileged to have them. They're my boys. Well, let's talk about some of the environmental enrichment stuff that you've done in, in Texas there for these. First of all, let's talk about feeders. Jennifer, my wife, was looking at feeders. And first of all, they, Jamie, automatic feeders, and she's looking for one because the horses live outside to hook onto the fence. So automatic sure. feeders go from about $150 to like $20 million. Uh, It's just some of them yeah. are very expensive and thousands of yeah. dollars. So what did yeah. you find? Okay, first, let me back up, because the whole reason I got into automatic feeders is because Odin has laminitis. He has equine metabolic syndrome, and he cannot graze. And once you take them off the pasture, everything's high maintenance. And because they're grazing animals, it is best if they can be fed frequently. And so... This is my solution. I put in a track, Pasture Paradise track, and I put a feeder. There are, there's two feeders on opposite ends. And one of the feeders is by a company called Equine Automation. It's an excellent product. It feeds five times a day. It will feed cubes. And this is the really important thing. Most of the feeders will only feed pellets. But pellets are not the best food for a horse. And the equine automation machine will feed, will feed cubes. It will also feed hay, but not a great deal. Just, there's, the hay is so bulky. So it feeds cubes, and it's excellent, and I highly recommend it. It cost under $1,000. I want to say when I bought it, it was maybe 700 And I know that's a lot of money, but I'm just so thankful to have it. My second feeder is by, oh, shoot. I'm, gotta, hang on. i got to think of the name of it. Oh, it's called Easy Feeder. I post pictures of it all the time. It's funny that I can't think of it. It's called Easy Feeder, or sometimes it's called Easy Keeper, but it's the same company. And this is a tall square that has eight compartments. And again, it will feed hay. The compartments are big enough for hay or cubes. You don't have to feed pellets, though you can feed pellets. And you can program it to feed eight times a day. So I feed twice a day. One feeder feeds five times a day. One feeder feeds eight times a day. So my horses get fed every hour and a half, 24-7. So that's my solution to my horses can't graze. I want to be fed that way. Um, yeah. Maybe I need Come an automatic over. feeder. <laughs> you and sure, me, small it limits meals. <laughs> Small frequent meals are the way to go, seriously. But particularly for horses who are grazing animals. Now, my, yeah, my pony would so love I, this because he would just love having – he would know exactly – that's my next question. Do they know exactly the time that that food's coming out? Are they waiting? Absolutely. Yeah. And they go back and forth. So one feeder's in the barn, and the next feed is in the shelter. And they're, I don't know, maybe 150 feet apart. So they eat their meal in the barn, and then they walk out to the shelter. And then it's 150 feet back to the barn. And by the way, the water's in the barn, and the salt is in the shelter. So they all day long, they're walking back and forth. And my horse has lost all the weight he needs to lose for his equine metabolic syndrome. He looks super good. And if you want to see how beautiful he is, he has a Facebook page called called Life with Odin, and he's beautiful. He's just beautiful. He is. And he's he lost is. a lot of weight. And fewer no. have this problem of being overweight. 
Yes, this is genetic. So equine metabolic disorder is not a disease. It's a genetic type, and it is meant to keep them alive in the winters of Norway. And there are certain breeds that are prone to this. Mustangs are, many, honestly, many breeds are. But it is a metabolic advantage in a an environment where there's not enough to eat. And only the efficient horses survived through the ages. And my horse is very sufficient. He's very efficient. But he's a pet, and he doesn't pull a cart through the snow all day. And so our lifestyle, our current lifestyle where they're pets, is not the best for them. So my track enables him to walk back and forth and get small, frequent meals all day and all night. So would you consider this a paddock paradise kind of situation? Because I know that's a trademark name uh, and it's a thing. And what I've seen is I have a friend in Germany and they, uh, because there's just not as much space for the horses, they all have paddock paradises and then they all have these uh, feeders that, kick off and they all the horses wear microchips around their neck and so oh, they I don't know have that. I, when they're feeding so how that. did how do the horses know and how do you <laughs> how do you prevent the donkey from eating the fjord's okay. food and vice versa Okay, so that's a great question. So first of all, I have less than three acres. My horses are on about two acres and again you can see an aerial view of my track at Life with Odin on Facebook and it's so cool. It winds around my property, even though my property is very small. So they, there's plenty of, they have plenty of freedom. I do not, I'm very fortunate. I don't have to make any effort to separate their food. And that is because the donkey is actually fatter than the horse and the horse is more food aggressive. So between the two of them, they work this out. If you had a hard keeper and an easy keeper and the, say the easy keeper was food aggressive over the hard, the hard keeper, this would not work. You'd have to do more. You'd have to think of something a little more complicated. But because I was fortunate that my hardest, the hardest keeper is the bigger animal. It works out perfectly, and they shuffle around, and they burn calories when they do that, but they shuffle each other around, and they push each other off the food, and they get the right share, and of course, I watch them very carefully. If one were to lose too much weight, I would know, but I'm far from that. That's I don't. That's not my problem. That's a problem you're not going to have. <laughs> not with those <laughs> no. two. Donkey no. and a fjord, you're not going to have it. It's interesting. You know, it is interesting because if this is one of the things I was wondering about the feeders. You could have a big pasture, right? But if the feeders are on the fence, yes. right? And they know yeah. eight times a day the food's dropping out of there. You're right. They're going to tend to... They're never going to make it to the under, other end of the pasture because they're always okay, going to so be coming this- back, right? They're always going to be back to that feeder eight times a day. Correct. Yeah. So my original vision, I wanted to have four automatic feeders at the four corners of my property so that they would make a track around all the way around continuously. That was my original vision. What I found is they weren't comfortable have they they want to be able to hear they can hear both feeders dropping feed and they want to be within hearing distance of mm. both feeders. So that it's just that's a mistake that I made when I first set it up. The two feeders were so far apart, they never knew where the food was, and they were anxious, and I could see it. They were not comfortable. So when I moved the two feeders, like I said, they're about 150 feet apart now. They can hear, if they're in the barn and the far feeder drops, they hear it and they head out there. If they're in the shelter and the feed drops in the barn, they hear it and they head back there. So they are not anxious, and this works perfectly. Now, I, I want to address something else you said. If you have one feeder in one spot and, and envision a round bale of hay, 
If you have a round bale of hay, your horses are never going to move. They're going to get no exercise. So the whole trick of having a track is you've got to think of a way to get them walking around it. And whatever that takes, whether it's timed feedings, which is what I'm doing, or dropping the food in small uh, little heaps, whatever. But you've got to think of a way to move them around the track. If they're standing on a track in front of a round bale, you've accomplished nothing. That's interesting. And what are you using? One of the things we've had people on talking about these tracks before. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, it's very, it's basically narrow lanes that I looked at the picture of your farm. Correct. It goes all the way around your farm in circles and all kinds of stuff. And Correct. that's the idea. Get them walking in long, linear patterns instead of a big open field. Um, and, and the theory Correct. is, you know, they're going to, you, you need to get them moving around more. But it uses a lot of fence when you do that. Electric fence. So I use step-in post and electric fence. It's very easy. I do. I can do it myself, and I can move it myself. And the ground here is as hard as concrete. And still, I can manage it myself. And I'm old, and it has to be easier. I can't do it. So this is not a. That is not a barrier. Electric fencing is not expensive, and it's not hard. Yeah, and I think that a if lot you of look at. A lot of people that do this, they they they'll move the track around so that. You know, you don't develop big holes in the ground from where they're walking and stuff, and mm-hmm. to move it over to where there's grass right. and let the grass grow in the other part and all of that. Right, yeah. but not if you have a horse with equine metabolic right. disorder. So some people are using a track as a way of strip grazing, which is fine if your horse doesn't have a problem with insulin resistance. You can use it for strip grazing and move the fence periodically so that they constantly have fresh grass, and that is a wonderful thing for the land. That is not what I'm able to do. My horses can't have any grass. Ever. My horse, even though he's on a great diet and he's lost a lot of weight, his insulin is still dangerously high. So he can never have grass. I have accepted that. I cried over it. It was a very hard pill to swallow, but it's his life and I'm committed to this. It is his life and he is dear to me. I don't ever want another horse. I want him the rest of my life. So. Well, Cindy, I'm with you. I'm with you. I have a little hackney pony, and uh, Jamie will tell you that he's probably overweight, but he also lives in a dry paddock, um, and we can never have mountain grass because he just—he's too fat. So, so I'm sure you know this, but let me just say this for your listeners: it is not only about the weight; it's about the insulin, and you can't tell by looking. If your horse sometimes comes up ouchy on gravel and he's not even overweight, he can still have insulin resistance, and he needs to have his insulin measured. It's a simple blood test, and it will tell you whether your horse is safe on grass or not. And my horse, if you looked at him, you would never guess that he has insulin resistance because he's fit. Mm. He's slim and he's fit. I had his blood tested two weeks ago, and it is dangerously high. So it's very motivating. It's like, oh, shoot, I, I really did not. I was surprised. I didn't expect that, but that's very motivating for me to be super careful to keep him off the grass. I follow a program called ECIR, and I highly recommend anybody struggling with this to look at ECIR. That stands for Equine Cushings and Insulin Resistance Group, and it is run by a vet, Eleanor Kellen, K-E-L-L-O-N. It is free, and if you join, they will advise you personally. They will care about you, and they will advise you, and they saved Odin's life, and I recommend them all the time. And so what you learn there is that your first, if you, if you suspect you have laminitis, the first thing you do is get them on the proper diet. And the proper diet is generally no grass, no grain, soaked hay, contact ECIR, and they will advise you on specifics. 
The second thing is exercise. If your horse is well enough, he needs to be walking. If he's, if he's resist, they, and they, ECIR doesn't recommend any forced exercise. They recommend that he has an ability, a, a, an opportunity to exercise. But if your horse is not well, you should not be riding him or even leading him out. It's just voluntary exercise. And then they recommend, um, they recommend having your minerals balanced. They have a particular protocol for particularly copper and zinc and iron, no iron, and they will advise you on that. And then the proper diagnosis, and the diagnosis involves blood work. The tests are not complicated, and they're not terribly expensive, but that's where you know whether your horse is healthy or not is through blood work. That's ECIR, and I highly recommend anybody struggling with this go there. Very good. Well, this has been great information. I know we have listeners out there that are dealing with this right now. So this is terrific information. Cindy, you can you can find Cindy. Actually, you can find Odin and Eeyore at Odin Life. Odin and Eeyore. That's right. You can find that Life with Odin on Facebook. I'll put a link to it in our show notes today. Cindy, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Would I would be happy to talk about them any day, any time. All right. Take care, Cindy. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. So there you go. I know we have listeners dealing with this right now. And, you know, I don't know that we've ever had scooter tested. I have a, I have an Andalusian. I, it's, a, it's a battle I have never had to fight before, but now I now I get to fight it. And, and Zeus, too, he has the propensity to be insulin resistant, although, knock on wood, that's the one thing we've kind of kept away from so far uh, but he doesn't go out in the big field either um, but yeah I'm constantly monitoring things with with uh, miles my Andalusian so it's just yeah just some of those horses are designed to survive in a lot tougher situations than being in Florida on a grass pasture like scooter is or like in a giant grass field like my Mustang or my Andalusian they're meant to be somewhere else. There were bread for this. So it's, it's interesting. And then I've got the thoroughbreds who I'm just like, eat more food. Eat more. <laughs> they need, eat more. They need different paradise tracks. You need several, you need 20 paradise tracks and they all have their yeah. own unique thing. So. Exactly. Super fun. <laughs> and by the way, when she said electric fence, first thing I thought of is, yeah, Zeus will be out of that in two minutes. You know, to be fair, <laughs> that is the one thing he's terrified of. Oh, really? Like terrified <laughs> of electric fence. He won't, like, I have a gate that I'll open. And walk him through it. He's like, no, nah, I can't. I can't get through there. I'm it shocked. I'm like, I, t- I open the gate. You no, just need to electrify everything. <laughs> like- I know. I know. I, I pretty much have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell us about Purina while I get our next guest on the line. Well, you can level up your horse's performance this season with choices from Purina Animal Nutrition. From Purina Ultium Competition Formula to Purina Impact Pro Performance and everything in between, Purina has the right option for your horse, including supplements like Purina Super Support Amino Acid Supplement, Purina Amplify High Fat Supplement, and Purina Outlast Gastric Support Supplement. There are many choices for optimal nutrition when you choose Purina all backed by science. Level up your performance this season and put Purina's research to the test. Ask for Purina at your local feed reseller today. One of our auditors coming up next, her name is Sarah, and apparently she was inspired by us and all the authors and stuff we've had on the show to write a book. And then she included us in the book. So we're going to talk to her about her book. Called I didn't it- murder anybody. <laughs> Not in this one, I don't think. It's called Impelled in Equestrian Romantic Suspense Series. Well, I'm pleased to welcome to the show, Sarah. Sarah, thank you for joining us. It's good to be here. Thanks so much for having me. 
Oh my gosh. You tell us about how you decided to write a book. You're like, I'm just going to write a book. That's a little bit of how it happened. Yeah. So, I mean, when I was younger, I was uh, big into reading. I would write short stories for fun. Um, And then, you know, you get older, you become a real adult, and then you just kind of don't have time for that. Um, And it's kind of funny. I actually, when I started listening to the show, oh gosh, three or so years ago, you guys obviously interview, you know, um, some equestrian book authors, and it was really inspiring. So, you know, as of last year, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to write this book. And then I did. (laughs) So it was, uh, honestly, a lot of it, I have to contribute to you guys. Well, that is awful sweet. I'm glad we could help in any way uh, to be inspiring. But how how does one go about writing a book? And is it published or is this like your own deal? What's going on? Yeah, so it is published actually officially as of yesterday. The paperback uh, went live on Amazon and is available for purchase. Um, the ebook is on pre-order, but it is released on June 8th, so about two days from now. Um, and as far as going about writing it, uh, it's one of those things where you kind of, I'm almost glad I didn't know how much work went into it when I started because I'm not sure that I would have actually. <laughs> That's what started. everybody that writes a book says. Every single <laughs> yes. person. It is so true. It's almost like good to just go in with your blinders and go, I'm going to write this book. And then at the end of the tunnel, when you hit the end, you're like, oh, cool, I'm done. But you're not done. <laughs> it's quite the process from finishing the book to getting it actually published. So I, I self published on Amazon. Um, which is what a lot of, especially like equestrian fiction authors do, uh, just because from what I've heard traditionally published, other than like uh, the Trafalgar people, you know, there's really not a lot of options for those of us that write in that genre. So that's the route I took. Um, but really, it was just a lot of, you know, making myself continue on it, you know, as soon as you get halfway through the book, you're like, oh my gosh, am, am I going to be able to finish this thing? But um, yeah, I just, you know, kind of put my head down and did it. and. and Super glad that I did. So what is it about? Yeah, so a lot of it, I spent a lot of time in my younger years working in the horse industry. Um, and I, I really had a lot to kind of pull from, from my own experiences. Um, so the story starts off with uh, the main character who's about 22 years old. Uh, her name is Emma. And she is kind of finishing up what most people would kind of consider, you know, starting off as, as a new adult. Um, so she's about to graduate college and she's kind of like not really sure what she wants to do, you know, as far as her future. Um, but then she gets this kind of big news that changes her whole life and kind of makes her go, okay, I have to make a decision. Uh, and it really takes her sort of on the adventure that this book is about. Um, so I won't give too much away about what that decision was or where it takes her, um, but just know that for those people who uh, like like the Ocala and Wellington and Florida horse capitals, it does uh, take place in those places mainly. Awesome. Um, Yes, of course, it has uh, lots of horses in it. Um, The main character horse, which becomes her horse, is actually based off of uh, a horse that was my heart horse when I was in my early 20s. Um, A lot of actually the horses that are in the book are real life horses that I put in there and I I put their real names. Um, And it was actually super fun to write about them. Um, One was my first horse and he passed away. So it was really cool to kind of relive some of that about him. um, It brings him to life again. 
Yes. And then a horse that I met when I was a working student. Um, I featured him in the book. His name is Jimmy John. And so it was just really, really cool to write about these horses that I spent so much time with in my younger years. So it's fiction, nonfiction. It's, I mean, like, is it an adult romance novel? Is it a murder mystery? Is what? What? Yeah. Where would you classify that? So it's definitely geared towards adults. I did write it clean, though, so I think young adults um, could certainly enjoy it without a problem. Um, and I call it an equestrian romantic suspense. Um, so there is lots of, you know. Uh, the following that main character, but you also have lots of romance in there. Um, and there is some like suspense kind of thriller aspects. Once you get like halfway through the book that are really exciting. Um, my beta readers all raved about how much fun that part was. Um, so it's kind of got a little bit of everything. So am I going to read? So is it like, uh, when you talk about his, Rock hard, steamy, nothing like that, or are we like? No, No, nothing. Jamie's out. She's Um, not reading it now. (laughs) Sorry, Jamie. You are in the book. You kind of don't have a choice now. (laughs) Well, that's it. How did that come up? Yeah, how did? Why are we in the book? You guys are in the book. Yeah, I when I was writing it, it's kind of funny. I had a moment where I was. Uh, writing a scene uh, where she's like in her car, and I was like, oh my gosh. I'm going to put horses in the morning in this book. <laughs> and I had like a moment where I remember Jamie talking to another author that featured you guys. And I was like, I'm doing it. I'm putting them in the book. You guys are named in there and horses in the morning is in there too. <laughs> but no, there's, there's, um, it's written as like a, what they call like a clean romance. So it's, um, you know, nothing that's past like PG 13. So like, no, uh, what, what, what's the, 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 podcast that I listen to where they read a graphic novel that their father okay. wrote and it's like her shirt popped my open daddy wrote a, pon- a porno plunged, is what you're talking about lunged out <laughs> like pomegranates they <laughs> hit the table you know they so none of that like we're not gonna like get into like some really uh Stuff I have to explain to my child when I'm reading, no. listening to books on tape. <laughs> Not at all. In fact, like there's, you don't even, I think that he, like one of the, the character, um, there's like a kiss on the cheek at one point, And then at the end, there's a kiss, but there's like nothing you couldn't read to like your kid and be like, cover your ears. <laughs> so it's very clean. Um, and I wanted to do that just because I kind of wanted to appeal to a wide variety of people. Obviously, the ones that like the steamy romance may not appreciate it as much, but the actual like romance is um, it kind of just really dives more deep into like the emotions of romance and, you know, feelings and things like that. Less of the, the steamy pomegranate stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the pomegranate stuff. That's my favorite. We invented thing a new heard. word here. On the... <laughs> so I've just counted. That makes. I think five books that we're in. You know what? The residual checks just keep on coming. Yeah, around, so. yeah I'll send you yeah. those as soon as I get them. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, seriously, <laughs> I haven't seen a dime. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of not flooding my mailbox either. So, uh, oh, Sarah, where, <laughs> an honor, where can people find the non pomegranate books that you have written? And what is it called? And where can they get it? Yes. So the book title is called Impelled, um, and it is actually book one of a series. I am halfway through writing book number two, um, and there will definitely be a book three. And if 
I think it makes sense to do a book four. I'll do a book four. So it's definitely a series, um, but it is all available on Amazon. Um, and it is uh, actually for Kindle Unlimited subscribers. It's free for you guys. Um, but it is available on paperback. And then, like I said, it'll be pre-order right now for the ebook, uh, and then out on June 8th for the ebook. I'm so, this sounds silly, but I'm so proud of you. And I'm so excited for you. Oh, this, you is, this is awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and it is a very show jumping, eventing world stuff. I don't know that I mentioned that. So for those of you that like show jumping and eventing, it's based in that world. Right. What you know. I mean, come on. That's right. That's literally what you got to do. <laughs> awesome, Sarah. We wish you the best and keep us posted. And I want to read this one. And then we're going to get to book two. And we're going to have you back on and talk about the release of that. That would be awesome. Thanks so much, Jamie and Glenn. Thank you, Sarah. Absolutely. And Your website is sarahwelkbainhamauthor.com. And I will put Correct. a link in the show notes directly to the book as well. Thanks, Sarah. Take care. Thanks, you guys. Bye-bye. Wow. That is an honor. I mean, do you know how hard it was for me to keep my responses clean, especially when I'm like, <laughs> I know how hard it I was actually. I started Googling like as we're talking like sexy book topic. And then like, so my search history is going to be just <laughs> horrific at this point. It is kind of cool though. Did you ever think when we started this show 12 years ago that we'd be inspiring people to write books? No, 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 that I, I still or do anything so. inspiring people to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, we we really didn't have that in the plan. That was not in the description of the show. <laughs> it was not. It was like, hey, we're just going to get on, make people laugh, and be goofy. That That's was the awesome. description of our show. And look at all the things that have happened. So, Sarah, thank you, thank you for including us in your book. You know, people have problems, first world problems. We're going to do those in the post show today for auditors. So if you want to become an auditor, just go to horseradionetwork.com, click on the auditor banner on the right side of the page. And for as little as $3 a month, you too can join that fabulous Facebook group uh, for the auditors and be able to participate in the auditor post show, which we do most days here. And today we're going to do the equestrian first world problems. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. My quote of the day to end today, uh, as soon as I find it, is, really for hope. It really reminded me of Hope Hand, who we talked about earlier in the show, and this was Eleanor Roosevelt who wrote this. The purpose of life, after all, is to live it, to taste experience to the utmost, to reach out eagerly and without fear for newer and richer experiences. And Hope did that her entire life, no matter what life threw at her. So, uh, so thank you to Hope, and we'll be back. We have... Uh, Tomorrow we have the side saddle episode, which has been very popular. We've been getting lots of good reviews on that. And then Jamie and I will be here Wednesday and Friday, and we have Mary Kitzmiller on Thursday. So we have a full week of shows for you. Thank you, everybody. All right, everybody. Bye. Spay, neuter, and geld. Write a book. Yeah, my ADD wouldn't allow that. It would be two pages long. Russ plunged like pomegranates. <laughs> It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. This is where I usually tell you if you want to contribute to this, you have to be an auditor. And then I ask Glenn how you do it. But if you're listening to this, you already are. Yes. So, And we can be more candid about your problems in the post show. Exactly. Uh, Carrie says, my horse wants to jump so bad, but my saddle fiddle can't come out to fit him for a jump saddle until the 21st. Carrie, bareback. What's wrong with you?
Just come on. Get on the horse. Just see All these excuses people have. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Uh, Chantel says my husband needs to hurry up and finish his trailer to camper conversion so he can rewire my entire horse trailer. Also, P.S. I'm hoping he can get, I can get him to replace the floor in the tack room. Now, <laughs> I, I don't usually read the follow up comments, but Kara had a great idea. She says pro tip for Chantel. Start the repair on your own by saying, hey, babe. Uh, where's the trailer wire, wire strippers, lights, and wire cutters? Because I'm going to start the trailering wire project. And then, boom, it'll get done. It's that's really good smart. Fun. That's really smart. Carrie, you have leveled up in my eyes. Make a lot of noise, <laughs> bang around in the trailer, hammers on the walls. That is really smart. And I'm what- telling you, I wanted some fencing built. I started digging a hole, and Chad's like, give me that. <laughs> What is it about trailer wiring? I can't tell you how many trailers we've had over the years that I've had to rewire. A lot of them. (laughs) Well, I can't even believe you would do something like that. Yeah. And replace the floor. Electrocuting yourself. (laughs) Shauna says, I'm working very hard to lose weight and I lost 30 pounds so far. Way to go, Shauna. And now all of my fits breaches that I have coveted look like clown pants. <laughs> you lost that, that much is, weight. You're not even getting them taken in either. <laughs> that's a first world equestrian problem right there. I love it. Uh, let's see. Oh, wait Man, a minute. I got to is- ask you. So we all go up and down and wait a bit, right? So do you keep the fat clothes and the skinny clothes? and Or do you, when you get skinny, do you throw the fat clothes out thinking you're going to stay skinny? I keep them because I know I'm. I am the same size I was in high school. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. Well, how dare you even ask me? (laughs) Uh, No, I've got my fat girl pants and then I've got these skinny girl pants and then I've got the really skinny girl pants and the really skinny girl pants I purged about a month ago. (laughs) I'm like, I'm never, ever going to see you ever again. Okay, so let's stop pretending. Um, Those are called pre-baby pants. (laughs) Um, I do have some like super sexy shirts that I wore when I was a... DJ and I would like make appearances and they're basically like the backless t-shirts that were in, in Vogue. And I did keep them. Um, well, that's and I more had of ad- a memory thing. Right? Oh, yeah. totally. I was like, so oh, you probably never- were wearing that when you met Leonardo and everybody else. Yeah. yeah. And now I have what's called, um, muffin top. So <laughs> <laughs> you don't wear back, backless shirts anymore. Uh, Nana says I have this summer off and I want to drive all my ponies, but I have to leave for three weeks to go to Europe. Oh, that <sighs> sucks. Suck it, Nana. Uh, <laughs> Kayla says my horse is, re- <laughs> my horse is retired, but my animal communicator says he wants to come out of retirement and that is the weirdest sentence I've ever written. <laughs> I still got to find one to talk to Zeus. Hey, who was that? That was Kayla. All right, Kayla, if you're listening to this, send me your animal communicator's link. And if they're somewhat literate, uh, we'll have them on the show because we got to get somebody to read Zeus. That we, I, That was my fault. I fell down on that one. I would really like to know what is bothering him yes. and why he has to be so crazy. Yes. Maybe What's he's going just on? crazy. We need to know. We just need to know. Like, you know what? They're going to be like, okay, I'm tapping him to him now. Oh, my God. Why is he screaming? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the communication. So I Kayla sent me listen. there. Stop talking. Stop talking. No. Okay. No, I, I, I'm going to move on. Next, next horse. <laughs> Laura says, I stacked a ton of last year's hay 
in the wrong spot in my hay barn and now I have to move it so I can put a new ton behind it. Okay, that sucks. That, that just sounds like moving two tons of hay. So that's... Yeah, but the fact that she has two tons of hay, I'm so Yeah, jolly. there's that. Jessica says, my horse Music came in for feeding time the other morning, missing his grazing muzzle. After tromping through the field and looking for it, I came up empty-handed, only to return and find it submerged in his five-gallon water bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm stuck in a horse's name, Music. So, so Miles was out with his last night, Jessica, and uh, he wears a muzzle when he goes out and he comes in during the day, comes off. And Chad's like, do you have a muzzle on Miles? And I said, yeah. He goes, no, you don't. <laughs> he had taken the entire muzzle and pushed it off of the like, left side of his muzzle. I, he, he broke like the connector thing. Like uh, it, the muzzle's fine. It's just the one connector. So guess what he's getting today? Bam! twine <laughs> um cynthia says there are too many i don't even know how to read this there are too many options for a custom auto schumacher double bridle what bling for the brow band what color leather for the crown what color padding for the nose band and then there are even choices for sparkly piping on top of the nose band that That's, has to be a. That won't be a cheap bridle right there. That sounds like it's expensive. expensive. Anytime you have that many options, it gets expensive. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Colleen says, I brought my horse to his first horse show earlier this week, but now I have to wait for the show photos to come out, and I'm totally impatient. <laughs> I think everybody that shows has that problem. Yes. Holly says, I bathed How many two- show photos have you bought over the years? I have single-handedly kept the photographers <laughs> in business in Area now. 10. <laughs> 10. Um, because I'm like, oh, but his cell phones just don't cut it. Um, Colleen says, I brought my, oh, wait, no, I already did that one. Holly said, I bathed two of my gorgeous horses, and I rode my third gorgeous horse, and I didn't take any cute pics to put on Facebook. Let me tell you, Holly, if you didn't post it, it didn't happen. Okay? We don't believe you. <laughs> I have to no. congratulate you, Jamie, on something. When Why you started this, you know, Flyover Farm Facebook page and said, you know, when you started training the horses, when you were officially certified, I thought, there's no way in hell anything's getting posted here. She's going to put this page up and she's never going to use it because her ADD kicks in and she just never get it. She's never going to get this done. You have been so good about it. Thank you. It's kind of my job. I, I use know, that. That never stopped you from not doing it before. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So the, the whole Flyover Farm Facebook page started because how many times have people sent their horse to a trainer and they're like, I don't even think they did anything. Well, that's true because like, they get no res- They don't talk to the people for 30 days. And certain trainers won't let you come up and won't let you see, won't let you watch them work. I am an open book. And so that is why I started, it was like almost like proof of life, like proof of work. And so I started posting the horses from the rescue that I was training just so people could kind of, number one, see that I was doing stuff. Number two, see the horse and maybe think about adopting it. And number three, kind of get an idea of some of the ideas of start restarting an off the track thoroughbred. And it, it has been such a success that people I have, I have those three horses I talked about. Then I have a fourth that the people did not want me to post about. Okay. And so I, 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 I'm very cognizant to ask the people, is it okay if I share this horse on social media? And 
the one that came yesterday, they were like, are you going to be putting them on Facebook every day? Can, can you do that? Please. <laughs> so they, like, some people love it. And then the other person, which I respect their decision, didn't want me to talk about their horse. So I get it. Um, but thank you for that compliment. I appreciate it. It is definitely like I, when I'm done working on the horses, I'll come up to the house and Chad start talking to me. I'm like, I'm not done. I'm not done. I got to get all these. I got to do all the socials. I got to get them all out. <laughs> I am proud of you. Thanks. Uh, Robin said there's a that way That wasn't a to- backhanded compliment either. I know what you're thinking. I am proud of you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if I believe you or not. It's fine. I don't care. Um, Robin said there's way too much stuff to pack when you're sending your kid to an overnight eventing camp. Now, Robin, I do believe she must be taking Joey, which is exciting that Joey's going to a sleepover. Uh, Marissa said, I cleaned and filled these troughs roughly an hour before finding this. And this is a water trough that is very clean that is completely dumped over. I'm going to tell you a little story about Manny, honorable man who's out there. His owners, when they brought him, they go, by the way, he likes to paw in the water troughs. And I'm like, whatever. He's going to be in a stall with like an automatic waterer so he can't get in there. So he didn't. But then Pink came home and she gets that paddock. And so now I had to move him. That effort dumps over the water trough every day. I've now taken to hanging buckets on a fence post because he can't. And they're up high, like five feet. So he has to like really work to get a drink. (laughs) Did you put a little little nipple on the bottom of the bucket so he could just suck out? Of it. No, right. You suck out the bottom of it. Oh my God. That's so annoying. I mean, and then he had a he had a big tank at first, and I walk out and he's like like kneeling down inside this water trough. I'm like, get out of there. And then he just starts dumping them. You yeah, need to I put get him you. out in the field with the lake. He'll probably drown himself. I'm gonna put him out with Zeus. Let Zeus handle <laughs> yeah, it. There you go. Let Zeus deal with it. Um, Katie said we went all the way to the Virginia Barrel Classic from Vermont. To buy my daughter a horse. And I didn't even get a t-shirt. But, Katie, did you get a horse? Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what I want to know. That's <laughs> the most important question here. Lisa, I, Lisa says, I just clipped all my horses today and they look amazing. But now the power is out and I can't even have a shower to wash the itchy hair. Oh, oh, you need to go out. You need to go outside and just, oh, she can't. There's no water. It's it's winter. You need to visit your neighbor. I'd be like, you (laughs) know what? I'm going to go ahead and, you know, find the nearest truck stop. Do they have (laughs) showers and truck stops over there? Yes. Uh, Because I would be, you know, I'd hose myself off in the automatic waterer or not in the automatic, in the the wash stall. Just do that. Yeah, you need to get that off because there's nothing worse than that. Yeah, a couple more here, four more. Uh, Kelly says, I actually got my white show horse clean, and then we trailered to the show. And then my trainer called it off before we even got the horses out of the trailer because it was raining and the ground was too slick to take a chance with all the babies. (sighs) I need a photo of your white clean horse in your clean trailer, (laughs) but that sucks. Uh, Jillian says, I can't get my saddle to fit. (laughs) Wait, no. If I can't get my saddle to fit my horse, I'm going to have to sell my horse because I love my saddle. (laughs) She said, I'm kind of kidding. (laughs) Juniper says, I don't have a, this sucks. I totally get it. I don't have a horse problem, but I had to order a new tire for my car and I've been driving the cars of my other family members. And it's like so ridiculous that I have to actually 
take the keys out of my pocket to like unlock their door and put the key in the ignition. <laughs> We're not spoiled, are we? <laughs> oh my God. So my beetle has that, like just the key is in the car and you hit the button. It drives me crazy because then you get out and you have to lock your car. But then I'm like, where are my keys? I don't know where my keys are because they're buried somewhere in my like nine pound purse because I didn't have to put it in the ignition. I missed ignition starts. I don't think I would do Ugh. well with the non-ignition starts. It's annoying because then I'm, I'm constantly like, where are my keys? And yeah, it's supposed to be, I'd be easy. Paranoid. Uh, I'd be paranoid need, all the time. I need like one of those janitor key things that like, yes. <laughs> you pull the keys out and they oh, flop right That's a good idea. I'll write that down for Christmas. There you go. Put that on the list. Uh, Jessica said... Uh, <laughs> That's sexy talk right there. Chad will love me getting you that. <laughs> Nothing's more attractive than a girl with a big pile of keys on her. Yeah, on I her could get belt. you one of those Harley Davidson, the big chains. You know? Big chain wallet and yeah, just yeah. put my keys on it. Yeah, yeah. That sounds hot. Uh, last one. <laughs> this is hilarious. Jessica said, I spilled my dog's CBD oil on my hands, and now I smell like pot. And I can't <laughs> get the smell off, and now I have to go to work. <laughs> be drug testing her today. <laughs> Let's hope there's no drug test today or tomorrow. <laughs> Do you know, in my arena, I, in my current arena, it's, it's up. Like, these, these people hate us, so... There's a house right next to where I built the barn in the arena. And um, the people are not super nice, um, probably because I built a barn an next arena. to their house. <laughs> an arena. So I'm out there all the time, and it's right next to their house. And I'm always out there like, oh, my God. Did somebody hit a skunk? Like, it smells like skunks up there all the time. And then I look over, and they're out burning joints, like, on their back patio all the time. And it smells like skunk. I'm like, could you at least? Not by skunky weed. God, it stinks. Ugh. Put that in your mouth. Ugh. Yeah, it's legal here in Oklahoma, which is really fun. Uh, by the way, of all states, I thought Oklahoma would be last. No, there's one on every corner, my friend. You I, thought, know I guess Utah will be last, probably. But yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny to look at the names of them all. They're all like play on words for. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna start photographing all the pot stores <laughs> in Norman. Okay, and I'm gonna put up a post in the auditor's Facebook page of all the different ones, and it's like you know, Mile High Pot. You Whoever know thought it would become legal before here? It's medically legal here, but that's it. You guys are I'm, ahead of us. I, I, I don't know if it's medical. I don't know. It's just they're everywhere. The pot stores are everywhere. That's crazy. They're, yeah. See, so, but then a gotten, lot of them are going out of business. If too. you had converted your farm when you bought it, you'd be wealthy now and not have to worry about training anything. That's true. That's mm. true. But I wouldn't have as much fun. Well, you there. might be. You'd have pot all the time. So you might true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Farm boy's coming in 15 minutes. I got to go get All dressed. Right, you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Lucas goes on the way. He's like, I said, you know who's coming today? He was like, there it is. I'm like, yes. Yes, he is. And he goes, who just thought you'd become best friends with a 20-year-old? Oh, like, your son you? called you out. Right? Like, you're <laughs> nine. Okay, you can't say things like that to me. And by the way, I'm so glad he's going. All right. Love you guys. Bye.